This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. This week, we have a full review of one of the first cruise ships back open for North Americans, the Celebrity Millennium. It happened last week down in St. Martin, a seven-night cruise. Ashley Kashulik from The Point Sky is here to talk about her experience and to touch on the uh, the little COVID situation they had on board there. There was two people who tested positive, and Ashley's going to talk about how that kind of uh, played out and what actually happened at the end there. Filling in for Sherry Laskin this week is staff writer Richard Sims with Cruise News. Hey, Richard. Always tough to step into Sherry's shoes. Yes, but you do such a good job. So Royal Caribbean is the next ship to cruise from North America. Yeah, we had a Celebrity a little while ago, now Royal Caribbean. And this is, you know, what's exciting about these are these are the first sailings out of North America. And, you know, this is Adventure of the Seas, which is not one of the newer ships. Um, we'll be talking about the newer ship very shortly. But I think what's really exciting is that we're seeing people actually get back to sailing. And, you know, yes, people, there were some sailings that people could do. You know, you could fly to various foreign destinations and get on some ships, although the travel restrictions made that really dicey and and weren't necessarily the kind of thing that most Americans could do. This, you know, as soon as these sailings opened up, a lot of Americans were like, okay, I'm going to do this. There are, you know, it's it's not as easy as sailing out of, say, you know, out of New York or Florida or Texas, because you do have to sort of jump through a few extra hoops to go through the whole process of getting into whether it's Nassau or if you're sailing out of St. Martin. There's a little bit more to it than you would normally have to deal with. Mm -hmm. But we're definitely seeing that cruisers are perfectly happy to do that if it means they can get on a ship and have a good time. And speaking of Royal Caribbean, they had an incident on board a couple of days ago. Yeah, this was the Odyssey of the Sea, which is their newest ship. It was coming over because it's going to be sailing out of Fort Lauderdale when it starts sailing. The bad news is that they had some crew members test positive. Out of the 1,400 people on board, they had eight crew members test positive. What happened was... The crew was brought on board and they were vaccinated. And then as part of the ongoing protocols, they continued to be testing. And that's how they discovered the eight people that had you know, positive results. Six of them were asymptomatic. Two of them had what are described as mild symptoms. The bad news is that because of this, Odyssey's first, like, I think four sailings are going to have to be canceled, which is going to be a very big bummer for the people who were, like, so excited because they were going to be the first people to sail on this brand new ship. So as of now, Royal Caribbean has put all of the crew members into quarantine, and they're hoping that the ship will sail on July 31st. That's their new date to um, sort of welcome people on board and sail out of Fort Lauderdale on Odyssey of the Seas. Which July 31st is also the very first cruise for Carnival's a new ship, Mardi Gras. So we're going to have uh, two ships going out of two different ports about, uh, what, 150 miles apart. And you know what annoys me? I'm not going to be on either of them. I'll be on Mardi Gras, so I'll uh, send you plenty of pictures. <laughs> so Celebrity Millennium, speaking of uh, these isolated incidents, they had one as well uh, on their first cruise back. Now, we'll get into a, more detail on this with Ashley Kashulik from the Point Sky later on in the show. But uh, what do you have on it? 
Yeah, it was a pretty mild incident as incidents go. It turned out that um, two people on the ship tested positive and they were people who were traveling together. So they basically were put in their stateroom. Honestly, the rest of the cruise went on as if nothing was happening. You know, everything was pretty much back to normal. And what this shows is that the protocols that are in place work. You know, exactly what was supposed to happen happened. The testing found the people. They did contact tracing around the ship. They put the two people in question into their stateroom. And, you know, there was no further results. When everybody got back to St. Martin, um, as part of the protocols, everybody had to be tested getting off the ship. And, you know, then they got off and the next people got on and it sailed again. So ultimately, this was sort of much ado about nothing. And one of the things that I'm sort of impressed by is that for the most part, the mainstream media did not cover this as like, you know, screaming headlines. They really pretty much covered it in a fairly respectful manner. Uh, The New York Times, I wasn't thrilled with their coverage because they, you know, they made that the big story in the same story that they were talking about a, uh, I think it was a cryptocurrency event where many, many, many more people tested positive. But of course, the mainstream media really, you know, loves nothing more than to sort of make cruise ships the face of COVID. And it's been that way really since before the industry shut down. But this time around, they really were largely respectful and the coverage was pretty dialed back. And I really, you know, maybe we've turned a corner and they're, the, the mainstream media is actually going to be on the side of cruising <laughs> the first time in a long time. Yeah, I only saw two. I saw one that uh, had the uh, another black eye for the cruise industry, and I saw one that had the um, the O word outbreak, which was kind of uh, not really true. <laughs> right, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. Yeah. So, yeah, but yeah, you're right. Not an outbreak. <laughs> yeah, it was dialed back, and I was actually thinking, okay, we're going to wake up tomorrow morning. It's going to be all over the place, and uh, it was. And it's at some outlets, but it was reported fairly, which I thought. Um, there was also a lot of, of media on board doing TV, which I thought may have helped the things as well. Yeah, I admit, as soon as I heard that there were cases on board, I cringed. You know, Mm -hmm. I think all of us are so nervous about the returns. We need this to go well. You know, the industry needs it to go well. We as cruise lovers want it to go well. So any news that we get, whether it's, you know, two passengers, eight crew members, we sort of brace for impact because, you know, we've been through so much in the last 15 months. 100%. So the state of Florida against the CDC, what's the latest delay all about? Oh, Lord, this case. I just want this case to go away, to be honest. Um, You know, they were ordered into mediation, and the mediation, they came back and they basically said, as most of us thought would happen, that they couldn't reach an agreement. The judge then gave the lawyers for the CDC two weeks to respond to the latest claim from uh, DeSantis's office, I believe. And so we're in a holding period right now. What's interesting is that as this stays, you know, sort of in limbo, we're getting closer and closer and closer to when ships are supposed to sail out of Florida. And as it is right now, you know, under the law that DeSantis has signed into law, any ship that sails requiring vaccines and requiring proof of vaccine could be hit with a $5,000 per passenger fee. So, you know, we keep hearing from the cruise lines that there are talks going on, you know, behind the scenes kind of thing. What we haven't heard is anybody actually saying, you know, yes, everything's going to be kosher. We're going to be able to sail. There won't be any issues. So we're still sort of on pins and needles waiting to see as we get closer and closer to July 1st when this law goes into effect, 
you know, what's going to happen? Will the ships be able to sail? Norwegian Cruise Line's Frank Del Rio notoriously said, hey, you know, we have, the ships have ships have rudders. We can go somewhere else. So it's kind of a waiting game to see. It's almost like a game of chicken to see who's going to blink first. Yeah. And uh, the governor of the USVI is also hoping that cruise lines ask for vaccine status to protect his islands. Yeah. He is basically saying to Governor DeSantis in Florida, please just figure out an exemption. You know, you want to do this for your other businesses within the state of Florida, fine. But make an exemption because these ships are going to be coming to our shore and we want the people on them to be vaccinated. And, you know, that makes sense. I mean, you know, if I'm having people into my home, I'm far more comfortable if they are vaccinated as opposed to if they are unvaccinated. And this is basically a country saying the same thing. One of the things that all of the ships have to do is sort of negotiate port agreements with the various ports that they're going to be visiting. And it's not at all outside the realm of possibility that a port will say, yeah, if you decide to sail with unvaccinated people on board, either A, those people cannot come off the ship, B, they have to be under completely different protocols than the vaccinated people, or C, yeah, you just can't come here. And the big problem is that, you know, when it comes to the unvaccinated people, they're not necessarily going to be people who are not vaccinated. They can be people who simply choose not to provide proof of vaccination. They might be vaccinated, but they, for you know, their own personal reasons, think that it's a um, that it's sort of a violation of their privacy to ask them to provide proof of vaccination. But if they do that the way it is now, and they get on a ship, they will be treated as unvaccinated, whether they are vaccinated or not, and that will mean that they have you know additional restrictions placed on them. They may face additional testing on board that will come out of their pocket. The cruise line is not going to pay for that because it's their decision. So the U.S. Virgin Islands is sort of, I I have a feeling we will see other places take this same stance saying, yeah, please make this happen. You know, figure out a way that the ships can sail vaccinated because otherwise we may have to say you're not welcome here. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, these other Caribbean islands, not only the USVI, but what, you know, Grand Cayman or islands like that in the Western Caribbean, what they'll do as well. So, yeah, we have a we have a long road ahead to kind of get back to normal. But uh, we're making some progress. Just a matter of uh, who decides what, I guess. Right. So listener question here comes from Deborah. She's over in Houston, Texas. What is the best embarkation appointment to select for my cruise this summer? Well, you know, that's sort of one of those things that we talk about a lot that's a little bit of a personal decision. One thing you do need to know is that for the foreseeable future, you will need to select an embarkation time and you will need to follow that. Now, I in the past have been one of those people who like, I show up at the port, I'm usually there before the ship is, you know, I'm so excited for my vacation. I I like get there and I stake out a good seat and then I start scoping it out and looking around to see, you know, I try and pick out the people who I think are going to be fun to hang out with, the people who you definitely want to avoid because they're already complaining. That's a big part of the trip for me. But now, you know, the cruise lines are going to give you a window, probably like a half hour, maybe an hour in which your group of people is going to be able to embark. And if you get there early, you will not be allowed in and you certainly won't be allowed on the ship. So that's the important thing to know is people are definitely going to have to pick an embarkation window. Now, the question becomes, do you want an early or a late embarkation? I don't understand anybody wanting a late embarkation. I want to get on that ship as soon as possible. I want to have a drink in my hand. You know, I want to scope out the ship and be ready. But there are people who, you know, don't necessarily want to do that. Some ports, it's important to note, for example, we saw this in, I think it was Nassau, 
when they were sailing out of Nassau, people got on the ship early, but the ship wasn't sailing until nighttime. And once they were on, they found out, yeah, you can't get back off. You've already gone through the whole, you know, protocol process. You're on the ship now until, you know, until the next stop. So, you know, you want to make sure that you pick a time that you're going to be comfortable being on that ship. You're not planning to just like get on the ship, drop off your luggage, and then go explore whatever city you're sailing out of, because that might not be possible. But Again, it's a personal decision. I think you're with me on this one. I think you pick an early time too, don't you? Yeah, I do. But like you said, it's going to be interesting because like, for instance, Miami, I would always try to be the first one on the ship, but I would also get off the ship for a few hours, go down to South Beach or whatever, and then come back to the ship, which uh, those days are over for now. Yeah, you're not really as into like hanging out on the ship while it's just sitting there as I am. I'm like happy to be on a ship. And this was even <laughs> before the current situation. I wanted to be on that ship as soon as possible because the minute I crossed the gangplank, in my mind, my vacation has started. Bring on a Mai Tai and let's get this thing going. Hey, I hear you, man. We've been talking with staff writer Richard Sims. Richard, thanks for stepping in this week. I really appreciate it, my friend. Always glad to. You're listening to Cruise Radio, the trusted voice of the cruise industry. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer, if you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Breaking news as it happens. Online and on demand at cruiseradio.net. All right, let's do some cruise reviews. It's been uh, it's been a little while, huh? So staff writer for the Points Guy, Ashley Kashulik, joins us today. She just returned from a seven-night cruise aboard Celebrity Millennium out of St. Martin. She was on that very first sailing open to U.S. residents, and she joins us on the line to talk all about it. Hello, Ashley. Hi, Doug. So, yeah, super excited to talk to you about this. Now, I know every destination will be different, but what kind of process was it for you flying into St. Martin to satisfy the requirements for both, like, the local St. Martin authorities and Celebrity Cruises? So, at first, Celebrity was only requiring us to be fully vaccinated, everybody 16 and older. Um, They were not requiring us to have the negative PCR test. St. Martin was requiring the negative PCR test for Americans. It was within 120 hours, which is five days. Um, And we also had to fill out an EHAS form, which is uh, Electronic Health Authorization System, I believe it stands for. Uh, It's like their government portal. So I had to submit um, a photo of my PCR test results and my vaccine card And when I initially filled out the application, they denied it because my vaccine results, I had taken a screenshot on my phone and did the application on my phone. And I guess it didn't specify that it was a PCR test. So I had to reapply. Thank goodness I was allowed. And they approved me within about an hour. So it was pretty fast. Um, However, (laughs) Celebrity, four days prior to embarkation day, changed its mind and said, just kidding, we are now going to require a 72-hour PCR test, 
which was fine. It was still within the time frame where people could get it done. The problem was some people had already taken their PCR test to comply with the 120 hours for St. Martin. So anyone who did that was panicking like, oh, God, by the time I get to port to board the ship, it's going to be older than 72 hours and it won't meet celebrities requirements. So um, ultimately, celebrity just said, don't worry about getting retested. We'll have tests available at the port. And if your results are expired, we'll just test you when you get there. So um, in terms of getting into St. Martin, when I got to the airport, it was pretty crowded and it took a while to get through everything. So just if you're if you're traveling right now, always allow yourself extra time, no matter where you're going, especially if it's international. Um, the officials there checked my passport, as you know they usually do. Um, and they also checked my EHAS form and my test results. Um, nobody checked my my vaccine card until I actually got to the port and had to do the health check for the cruise. A couple of the trip reports I've been reading uh, talking about their arrival into St. Martin at the airport, they were saying it was a little bit chaotic. Did you experience any of that? I think, well, St. Martin's airport, it's sort of a makeshift airport right now because they're I guess it was damaged during a hurricane a few Mm -hmm. years ago, and it's still really not up to where it should be. So it feels a little small to handle the amount of people that go through there. Mm -hmm. It's pretty congested. Um, So I I think it's less to do with the current state of things and more to do with just the airport not being up to what it should be to handle that volume. Gotcha. Let's talk about the cruise check-in. So you get to the pier. Now, how different was this from your standard cruise check-in that we've all been used to for the past 20, 30 years? If you are someone who is used to doing check-in with an app ahead of time, it's really no different. Celebrity has an app, which I I did my check-in through that. And so I didn't actually have to stop at a check-in counter to deal with an actual person. They pretty much just swiped the, or uh, scanned the app to get my boarding pass and stuff. Made it a lot quicker, a lot less painful. And um, it, it sort of reduced the number of touch points and interactions that you had to have with another person if, if that's something you're worried about. One other difference was the health check. So I know for years, cruise lines have said, hey, pick a time to show up at port just to reduce congestion. So they're continuing to do that here. But what you're really signing up for when you pick a time is your health screening. So when you get there, they'll the way Celebrity had it set up was um, sort of different numbered sections with distanced chairs for people to sit in. And then they would have an agent come over and they took a photo of my vaccine card and a photo of my negative test results. Uh, they put a wristband on me, I guess, just to show that I had gone through the health check. And then I was on my way to the gangway. So it was pretty painless and took less than five minutes. I bet that was an awesome feeling, crossing that gangway for the first time after, what, 15 months? Yeah, yeah, it felt really good. I know a stateroom's a stateroom, but was there anything different on this sailing because of the new protocols? The only thing that was different, and I will say, I was impressed. So Millennium is the oldest ship in Celebrity's fleet. It's 21 years old. Mm-hmm. And I think they just dumped something to the tune of like 90 million, I think it was, into a, a major refurbishment in 2019, I think. And it looks fantastic. I, I wouldn't have known it was the oldest ship if I hadn't done my research ahead of time. But the room looked fantastic. The only major difference is that Celebrity left a couple of masks, like celebrity branded masks, which were really nice. And a couple like small bottles of hand sanitizer with the celebrity logo on them, just as like a sort of like a welcome gift. Hmm. 
um, which was a nice touch. But we weren't required to wear masks on board because it was a fully vaccinated sailing. So the masks were nice, but they were kind of not needed, I guess. So we left the masks in the stateroom for you. I'm just curious, and this is only just out of curiosity, was any of the passengers on board? I know their crew members are already wearing the masks, but were the passengers wearing them just like air on the side of caution? I didn't see any. I'm sure there might have been. I didn't see them if they were, though. Throughout the whole pandemic, cruise lines have been introducing new ways to do things on board. And one of the big ones was the mustard drill. How was that compared to past mustard drills you've done? It's very different. And let me tell you, it was a dream. (laughs) Um, We're used to going to a lounge or a theater or even worse, you know, standing outside on a hot, sweaty deck, shoulder to shoulder, four deep with a a crowd of people. And this was, it it took less than 10 minutes total for me to do it. Uh, It's a three-step process and you can do it either on your stateroom TV or in the app. I found that the TV to be a little easier. You use the remote to kind of control it. And there's a, when, when I went into my stateroom, it was already queued up on the TV. I guess my room steward had put it there and it gives you a time frame. There's like a, an, a window of several hours that you have to complete the process. And the, the watching the, you know, three different steps, it's like, it tells you all the standard information that you would get during a regular mustard drill has a little animated demonstration of how to put on a life jacket. And then when you're done with all of that, you have to physically report to your muster station at your leisure to verify with a crew member that you've completed the drill. They take your stateroom number and then they give you a little sticker to put on your key card so that it shows that you've done it. And it really did reduce congestion. There were no other passengers there when I went. It was just a couple of crew members hanging around waiting for people to show up. So it it greatly reduces your contact with other people. And honestly, it's just faster. How about dining? I mean, were all the dining venues open? And I'm curious of your thoughts. And I think everyone wants to know if the buffet is still safe. (laughs) The dining venues were open. Uh, One thing I found interesting is that they were still doing the anytime dining and the set seating dining, but the set seating was a lot more flexible. You could kind of just show up whenever you wanted. But what they told us was with the set seating, on cruises of the past, we would sometimes find ourselves at tables with complete strangers. So they eliminated the table sharing and they were able to do that because the capacity was so low. Um, I did end up dining with some new friends that I made on the ship. They will put you at a table with strangers if you request it, but they don't just do it automatically anymore. I think it's to, you know, to keep travel parties separate just for social distancing purposes. As far as the buffet goes, I actually think it's an improvement. Um, It was open. The food was just as good as it's always been. A couple of minor differences. It's now crew served. So you're not walking around grabbing the tongs and watching other people put their dirty hands directly on the dinner rolls and stuff like that. So the tongs are on the other side of the glass this time. And there is uh, a station that has all of the dishes and bowls and silverware and napkins. And so if you need something, you go up and ask and there's a crew member there to kind of give you all that stuff. So it's not just sitting around for people to touch it and take it on their own. 
And with Celebrity, some of the newer ships already had hand-washing stations right at the entrance to the buffet. The ships that did not have those before all have them now, so they've been added. I remember uh, a couple of years ago when we were on Celebrity Edge, remember the guy who was um, just picking all the pizza up out of the buffet and you were like, what are you doing? Yes. I I totally call people. I'm one of those. I'm one of those Karens. You know, if I see someone touching the buffet food, I'm like, oh, no, 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 not on my watch. Yeah. He got so, so mad and walked away. Well, very good. I'm glad I'm glad to see that the buffet is uh, is safe there. And I think a lot of listeners will will be happy to hear that, too. Now, how about the entertainment uh, in the theaters? Like, are we still doing the, the shows in the lounge acts and all of that? Yeah, it's all still there. And they do have in the theater, they have a few seats and then they'll have one that has like a sign on it that says, you know, remember to social distance. The idea is to kind of keep your travel party in its own little bubble, but there was nobody walking around to enforce that. So it was just kind of like a helpful reminder more so than a a mandate. And again, given that everyone was fully vaccinated and had been tested, it was, it really wasn't necessary to have anybody policing that. And as far as shore excursions, I know that uh, I guess it would, might depend on the port if you can do it on your own or if you're in one of the celebrities' bubbles, I guess they call it. How did that landscape look? So celebrities leaving it up to each individual port of call as to whether or not passengers have to go on ship-sponsored excursions. Our itinerary was Barbados, Aruba, and Curacao. Barbados was the only one of the three that required ship-sponsored excursions. So I did that there in Aruba. I did a day on my own. I hired a cab and he took me to a donkey farm, which was fun. So um, there really were no precautions with that when I did it on my own. And then in Curacao, I did a third party excursion. So I, I booked a tour, but it wasn't through the ship. And there were some precautions, but not quite as stringent as the ship sponsored tour. So the ship sponsored tour that I did in Barbados was a catamaran And by default, it kind of keeps you to your own group because you're on a boat in the middle of the water and you can't really go anywhere or interact Mm -hmm. with anyone apart from the people on your tour. Um, At one point, we were snorkeling with sea turtles. They were adorable, by the way. Um, And the guide told us we were fairly close to a beach. And he said, you know, if you swim to that beach and you touch land, you will not be allowed back on the ship. So please do not swim to the beach. He was very adamant because they are super serious about that on ship-sponsored excursions. If you deviate from your group, you're in trouble. Wow. Okay, so they mean, they mean business with that. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So after you did all your excursions, it was time to take that mandatory test so you can get back into St. Martin. And you had something interesting happen on your sailing, so I may need you to uh, help me unpack this. Two guests tested positive. Now, everything at the end was all right because it didn't impact the ship's itinerary and it sailed the next voyage as planned. But could you share what that experience was like as a guest? Sure. So I will say I am so impressed with how Celebrity handled it. It was smooth it was transparent and super efficient i was in curacao for most of the day on a tour and when i got back someone from the ship called the from i guess it was a guest services or events coordinator someone called my cabin and said just fyi we don't know if you've heard but there are passengers on board two of them who've tested positive St. Martin had a re-entry requirement, as you said. We all had to be tested, and it was just during that routine testing that they discovered it because both of these people were asymptomatic. They were sharing a cabin. 
Um, and apparently they were on my ship sponsored excursion in Barbados. So I had potentially been exposed. So they called my cabin after conducting the contact tracing and said, Hey, you've potentially been in contact with these people. Can you please stay in your cabin? We're going to send somebody up to give you a test. And if you test negative, you'll be allowed back out of your cabin. So they sent up a nurse from the medical center. They had two doctors and a whole team of nurses on board. They came up and they did a a PCR test, which I thought was interesting because the requirement to get back into St. Martin was an antigen test. And I do know that the people who tested positive were tested twice just to verify for sure that they were, it wasn't a false positive or anything. Um, And so I don't know if they had an antigen test the first time and then a PCR the second time, but for anybody who had potentially been exposed to them, they were given a PCR test immediately. They skipped right over the antigen and just went straight to the PCR. So the nurse came up, gave me my PCR test. I had my results within about three hours and I was negative, thankfully. Um, However, they were waiting to get all of the results for the entire shore excursion group back before they would let any of us out of our cabins. So... I ended up being in quarantine for about 13 hours, which honestly, they made me super comfortable. It was overnight, so I slept for a lot of that time. And they sent me room service, uh, complimentary champagne and chocolate. Um, They have a selection of free movies on the TV, but there are some you have to pay for. So they just made all of them free, made sure I had free streaming Wi-Fi, you know, whatever I needed to kind of to make me comfortable. And um I just think they did a really great job. And then the next morning, I got a phone call from the hotel director saying, hey, we've got all the results back. Officially, everybody from the group is negative. You're allowed to leave your cabin. Go enjoy your day. Um, And that they eventually tested everyone on board. And those were the only two cases they found. So the protocols that they have in place really do work because it, it kept it from spreading around the ship, which is just fantastic. I'm glad to hear everything ended well. And like Richard was just saying at the top of the show, only a couple of outlets really didn't handle this responsibly. Uh, One of them used Outbreak and one of them used Black Eye for the industry. All in all, it was balanced coverage. I think the important takeaway here is that we should not, as cruisers, expect that these sailings are going to be 100% COVID-free. That's not a thing anymore. Mm -hmm. We know that these vaccines are not 100% effective. That was never a secret. So you're going to get cases that, that end up on ships. The important part, and I cannot stress this enough, is what the cruise lines are going to do about it. And in this case, they handled it really professionally, really quickly, and in a way that did prevent anyone else from getting sick. So this is not the cruising of 2020 that was the, you know, the media circus that it was, this is cruising in 2021 and they were able to stop this thing dead in its tracks. Well, you've had time to process everything. You've been off the ship for a few days. Um, looking back on the entire experience, I mean, your first cruise back in 15 months, um, from start to finish, was there anything that, that maybe could have been done differently or that celebrity really excelled, uh, excelled at? As far as excelled, just, again, the communication. And I think lack of communication is what scares people. Mm -hmm. That's why there's panic when something like this happens and people aren't informed. Because if you don't tell them what's going on, they start gossiping and forming their own ideas about what could be happening. And so I think just the fact that they were super upfront. They didn't try to hide the fact that there were cases. They very specifically said, this is what's happening. This is how we're dealing with it. 
stay tuned. We're going to keep you updated. I think that went a long way to really keep everybody calm. They didn't cancel any of that night's activities. Everything went off as planned um, for the people who weren't quarantined. Um, And as far as what they could do better, I mean, the only thing, and it's not a huge deal at all, some of the communication in terms of the details with the quarantine stuff was a little off. And what I mean by that is all of the important stuff was done perfectly, like the, the contact tracing, the testing, the quarantining, that kind of stuff. It was more like, and I, I only mentioned this because I spoke with other people who I had met on the tour who also had to quarantine and they had the same experience that um, when I spoke with the uh, guest services or the entertainment team or whoever, whoever the head of the inter, uh, events team it was who called me to tell me that I had to quarantine said, you know, we're going to have room service sent up, um, give the, give them a call and let them know what you want. And so when I did that, I said to the this gentleman on the other end of the phone, like, this is what I'd like to order. Just so you know, I'm in quarantine. I'm waiting for my results. When they deliver it, can you just have them leave it outside the door and I'll get it after they walk away? And he said, oh, oh, ma'am, I'm, I'm going to have to call you back to confirm. because It sounded almost like he had to check with somebody to make sure that I was actually quarantined. So there was like a little bit of lack of communication there just in terms of like the person who initially called me to tell me to quarantine then told me to order room service. And when I did that, room service had no idea what was going on. So I think just there was a slight breakdown between departments. But again, in the grand scheme of, hey, there's people on board who tested positive for COVID, room service is not a big deal. So like that's, sure. and if that's the only thing that I can find to say, hey, maybe, you know, this could use some improvement. I think that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I agree. So final thoughts of cruising again, moving forward. I am embarking again on Saturday on Celebrity Apex out of Athens. So this hasn't, you know, the the experience I had has only reinforced that the cruise lines really are taking this seriously and they are doing what is necessary to keep us safe. And I have absolutely no reservations about cruising again, <laughs> less than a week after, <laughs> after millennium. So I know travel right now is a very personal individual decision. So I can't say yes, everybody should go out and book a cruise right now, but I hope that at least sharing some of this can maybe help put some other people's minds at ease. If you'd like to read Ashley's trip reports from this trip, uh, she wrote for a couple of outlets, uh, the Point Sky and also cruise.blog. We'll link those in the show notes. Ashley, on behalf of the listeners and myself, thank you so much for sharing your experience here. And uh, yeah, enjoy your next cruise. Thanks so much, Doug. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.